Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to another edition of the Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. In this episode, I'm chatting with Peter G. Adams, who is the composer on the new Quibi series, Survive. For those of you that haven't come across Quibi yet, it's a mobile-centric streaming service founded by DreamWorks' Jeffrey Katzenberg. It's devoted to short-form programming, so that means most of the episodes are around about 10 minutes long. Although it's short-form, they have a stunning array of talent producing and starring in their shows. There are things like a version of The Fugitive coming up with Kiefer Sutherland and Boyd Holbrook, horror series from Steven Spielberg to a racing competition with Idris Elba, of all things. Survive is a thriller series. It's based on the acclaimed novel by Alex Morell. It follows the character of Jane, played by Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones, who is involved in a deadly plane crash in the middle of nowhere. Jane and the only other survivor, Paul, played by Corey Hawkins, who you'll know from The Walking Dead and 24 Legacy, embark on a journey through the wilderness where they battle brutal conditions and deal with their own personal traumas. It was Peter's job to compose the music that reflects both Jane's inner conflict as well as the harsh new environment she's stuck in. In the interview, Peter goes into depth about his scoring process for the series, the range of themes in his music from terrifying and harsh to personal and intimate, and how he wanted to create a more cinematic sound for the score for a short form episode format. In addition to Survive, Peter has worked on a range of TV, film and video games. He provided additional music for shows such as American Crime Story, American Horror Story and Cold Case, along with video games such as Far Cry 4 and Skylanders, Spyro's Adventure and the movies War Dogs and Game Night. One of the other projects we touch on in the interview is the as yet unreleased and may never be released Star Wars Detours animated series, which was made by the robot chicken guys Seth Green and Matthew Senreich. They were making the series just as Disney bought out Lucasfilm, which led to Disney shelving it. So that unfortunately means that it's never actually been released anywhere and really hope it does at some point there are trailers up kicking around on youtube if you want to go and look but it does look hilariously funny so we talk a little bit about that as well as obviously about the music for survive peter was a lovely lovely guy to talk to so um here's the interview of course if you want more interviews you can find them on this feed on whatever your podcast app is you can also find our weekly tv film and gaming news show geek town radio which is also on the same feed or for more information you can go to geektown.co.uk here's the interview with peter it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about 
work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. It's lovely to be able to sit and chat with you and uh, talk about the new show you're working on, which is uh, yes. uh, the Quibi series. Quibi surprised us all by launching over here because <laughs> we knew it was launching in America and then suddenly they announced it was launching here in the same day and nobody was expecting it. It was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So I have been watching it. Before we get into the show, let's do a little bit of background on you. How did you get into the industry and into composing in the first place? I've been a musician most of my life. I started when I was seven. Right. So yeah. So just kind of like it was always there. And then eventually I kind of gave into the idea of getting a degree in music and did that. And <laughs> that was amazing. And then uh, while I was getting a degree, I had no idea what I was going to do with it. I was doing composition. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. At least I, I was serious enough about composition that I was going to go ahead and get a degree in it. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> Not sure, you know, whether or not that could be something that one would do with oneself permanently. But anyway, yeah. and I got a chance to come out and intern with a composer out here. And you know, I just realized that what people were doing out here was very similar to what I was doing and that it wasn't really that I was kind of I had I had been sort of teaching myself all the software and like learning to record everything on my own and learning all the just kind of just being a hobbyist at home, you know, mm. and and once I got around what the pros were doing, it was basically exactly what I had been doing. And I just felt like, okay, I get this. This is my thing. And, and this is a place where maybe I can do this at least for a while. And, um, that was 17 years ago. <laughs> so, so you were right. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've kept up with it. Um, the new show you've been working on is survive, which is the Quibi series. It's quite an interesting show. I've been watching episodes of it. I'm about halfway through at the moment. And it sort of, it's weird because I went in not knowing anything about it and it starts off as Sophie Turner's this depressed woman leaving this uh, care facility she takes this flight home and you kind of think okay it's going to be about her depression and then it, you get to the end of the third episode it takes this sharp right turn as the plane crashes it's like oh okay <laughs> I wasn't expecting that so um, yeah it's it's really interesting show and uh, I've been quite enjoying it how did it come to you and and uh, how did you get involved? I had known the director, Mark Pellington, for some time. Right. And we had not worked together, maybe maybe a little bit, like kind of tried me out on some things, or maybe we had like a little personal project that we had played around with, but I hadn't really done something with him in a bigger way. And then he had a lot of my music, so I, I don't know. He While he was filming it, he started calling me up and being like, this is... I like what you, you know. Yeah. I like what you do. I like the sound, and so yeah, it, it just ended up being this was the one where we did it. Yeah. It was temped with some of my previous scores. You know, we we put it. They went. You know, as they're, I don't know if you're familiar with how it goes, but as they're editing, typically they want to kind of get some music yeah. in there so they can kind of have a sense of how a scene might feel. And so a lot of that, was, as they were even in the editing process, um, I was writing them music early on before I even had picture, but also they had some of my, my previous scores and were trying to sort of see vibes that I had given them, you know, what might work in yeah. picture. So, yeah, you got on that quite early 
early then. So you're writing stuff to script originally? That's right, I guess you'd say to script. Yeah. There's a few big themes in the show. One of them being obviously the, the uh, Jane, the lead character, is basically suicidal. So suicide is quite a big theme in the show. Are you trying to reflect that sort of feeling across in the music somehow? Does that affect how you approach the music? Absolutely. So there's a couple different themes and, and one of them is loss and you might call it the suicide theme, this, mm. this sort of. Um, and that's the one we hear kind of early on. It's hinted at in the first episodes. And um, it's probably the theme that we hear almost exclusively for the first, at least the first maybe four episodes because we're kind of in that world. Mm. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a little kind of broken, dark, quiet theme. And then after that, we have a couple other themes that, that there's, there's three themes really overall basically three themes in this series. There's one that has to do with the suicide. There's one that has to do with, well, you haven't seen it all. So I'm going to leave it right there, actually. <laughs> and, um, and, I, and I will say, if you've seen like the first five episodes or first four episodes, might be worth checking out the rest of them just because uh, things change a lot and it goes some interesting places. Yeah, I'm going to watch the rest of it. I am really enjoying it. It's been a really interesting show. The format of it is obviously quite different to a normal TV. TV series because of the Quibi format of them being kind of these short form things. Does that change how you approach it as well? It didn't really. I, I tried to look at it more like it was a movie. Mm. We talked about it. I mean, are we going to change how we do the scoring? And really, I, I pretty much tried to score this like a film. Yeah. I will say it's it's a little bit like, especially as we go on, it gets kind of more and more cinematic, I think. But I, that was my intention initially is to sort of treat this even though like we're watching it on a what three by two or four by two screen. <laughs> I don't know how to convert that to centimeters. Um, but despite that, I, I felt, well, I think it's easy for things to be sort of downsized, but I don't want to sort of downsize the score, you know, do less on the score just because there's going to be a small screen that it's initially coming out of. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. I mean, the amount of things that people watch on mobile devices, whether that's a tablet or a phone or, or whatever else, I mean, people, these where people consume quite a lot of media at this point and there's no need to do any less just because that's the medium it coming out in I don't think that's how I saw it you know yeah I'm with you on that plus I mean I guess the overall length of a series is kind of the length of a movie so treating it sort of like a movie sort of makes sense I guess because it's sort of like movie length but chopped into pits that's right I mean the only thing that sort of is makes it a little different is that the stories are a little self-contained like yeah you know there's a Netflix thing that's coming out that's um a Kimmy Schmidt show that's going to be Choose Your Own Adventure. Yes. So in a way, this Quibi series isn't Choose Your Own Adventure, but it is sort of confined within the smaller spaces. But if you were to watch all these together, you would feel like it just flows from one to the next to the next. And, yeah. and the score a little bit at the end of some of the episodes will leave you a little bit with a cliffhanger mm. so that, you know, you might get into the next episode. But if you were to watch them all together, it would just kind of flow. Yeah. Is how, is how we set it up. With a show like this and you're dealing with i mean not only the the suicide stuff early on the, the obviously the plane crash and the stuff that comes after that there's a lot of tension in a show like this so what are you doing musically to help build that so our themes well the suicide theme is very much has within it some tension in addition there were some things about the way i i have to write scores in a lot of different kind of ways dave sometimes mm. it's like there's a couple different through lines in my work over the last couple of years and 
And one of them is this kind of like handmade score feel where like on this score, we, we did record some chamber string ensemble and a couple other smaller ensembles as well. But there's also like before I did any recording of musicians, I played a lot on the score myself. So I played this, some string instruments myself and guitars and um, some percussion and, and like, you know, a bunch of those kind of things. And so, for instance, on the score, one of the things that we did was, you know, I would just sort of play, for instance, cello and then, you know, overdub myself a number of times and kind of build up a sound bed. Mm. Um, so like a tension sound bed. Or if you get into, um, I think it's like episode five, you'll see there's some some of that coming up a lot where like I've just sort of played against myself to create these, you know, sort of very like tense and sort of morphing sound beds is, I guess, the best way I can put it. Is there anything particularly odd that you ended up using in there? Because I know sometimes composers will go and find stranger things to be able to uh, pull out to make sounds, particularly when you're dealing with tension and stuff. I did use my Mornkur. It's a it's a Mongolian or Chinese cello instrument. And I, ah. I did use that for some of the sort of textural background stuff. A lot of what I did was play like cello and violin on this and do it in a way where it's not like... Like playing beautiful melodies necessarily, but more morphing from one note to the next and creating big tension elements. If you haven't heard it yet, I'm not going to kind of give it all away. <laughs> but that's one of the things that I studied was a, a lot of 20th century music. I have kind of a, an avant-garde education. Yeah. So that's that's something that I do. But on this one, instead of it like trying to hire an orchestra to do those kind of things, because I wanted this to be a personal story as well, a story about young people, I just went ahead and, and kind of did those sort of things, but did them myself. So what you have is kind of this more personal statement for the sort of orchestra effects sound that I created, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you mainly using live instruments to do this or are you, are you mixing in sampled stuff from computers and that sort of stuff as well? It's both for sure. Yeah. yeah. You've obviously been doing this project. You've worked on films as well and you've worked on video games. Is there a difference for you between those types of projects? Yeah, definitely. Games take typically quite a bit longer. Mm. At least that's been my experience. Films tend to take maybe three months at the most, sometimes less or sometimes a lot less. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so that the time frame is pretty different. Video games a lot of times can take some of the big ones that I've been on take a year to score. Right. So it's, it's a much more involved process just because they sometimes if they're, you know, if they really go a lot of places, they need a lot of music. Sometimes, you know, three or four films worth of music in a way. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I guess the other thing is that you're then dealing with things that have to loop if you're writing in-game stuff or there's a lot more work, I guess, technically in figuring out how to construct something that will work in that manner. Every video game is different, but they a lot of times need, yeah, not only something that can loop, but maybe something that starts off sort of not looping and then maybe going into a section that can loop and then yeah. maybe coming out of that. And also increasingly, as games have got, gotten more power, you know, the, the software and hardware that runs the games is more powerful these days. They really want the ability to kind of almost have the game choose bits of the music at will. Yeah. And so that's that's something that I do as well, where where I kind of will compose a piece of music. But I know that then when the piece of music is pulled apart and having bits of it maybe triggered, uh, I'll say randomly, but it's you know chosen by the game as to when maybe a piece of 
music comes in yeah. or an element of the music comes in. I know that I have some confidence, like I've, I've written it in such a way that it can be then sort of pulled apart and put back together the way they want and, mm. and have it work still as a piece of music. That's odd, but that's how it's sometimes, it, well, that's the most, the most recent one is done more like that. Yeah. It must be an incredible like headache and amazing talent to be able to do things that work like that. It's, it's quite crazy. Number of other shows you've done bits on American crime story. You worked on American horror story as well. Was that working with Matt Quayle for doing additional stuff for that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I've interviewed yes, Matt, Matt many, Yeah. I've interviewed Matt many times. He's uh, he's a lovely chap. He's a man. But yeah. Yeah. No, lovely guy. You worked on cold case as well. That's uh, Michael Levine, isn't it? Yes. That was kind of my first kind of thing where I was on it for a long time and had a lot to do with it. Right. You know? Yeah. American horror story must have been an interesting one to get involved with. Yeah. It's, it's super creepy. I love all his work and, you know, he really developed a strong sound for that show. So it's interesting getting to kind of work in that world a little bit. One of the other things, which is on your IMDb page, although hilariously still says in post-production, but I rather think it will never see the light of day. Star Wars Detours. Yes, sir. I really hope they release it at some point. This was the, the animated thing from uh, Seth Green and Matthew Centric. Yes, yes, guys. that's correct. You were doing additional music for that. How was that just to get hold of even and that sort of weird offshoot of Star Wars? How was it getting to just play around in that world a little bit? It was so awesome. It just was like a dream come true. I certainly, I loved those movies growing up. I was born in 77, so. Right, yes. That was the, the year that the first one came out. So I don't think I really knew about it till the second one, till Empire. But I always loved all the movies and the whole story. So getting to work in it. And, you know, obviously the Star Wars Detours is a comedy. Yeah. So it, it was a bit different, but we still tried to keep it very Star Wars as far as the score goes. And, it, you know, it's cool. It was interesting. We were doing it when Lucasfilm was bought by Disney. Yes. There's, I think, about 34 or 35 episodes that I worked on. Right. We were like halfway through the second season. It's a lot of material that's out there. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's some trailers, but that's it. It's it's not out in the public at all. I guess because of the, the Lucasfilm Disney deal, I, I guess that's sort of what ended up getting it shuttered. But I, I would really hope that they decide that they're going to drop that out at some point because I think it sounds like it would be well worth seeing. Yeah. Are you a fan? Star Wars? Of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah I guess everyone is. I, I don't know. I mean, did you ever watch like, what was it? There was the Chris, the Star Wars Christmas special that George Lucas did. Yeah, I have seen it. Um, I, I don't know whether <laughs> I've seen it all the way through. I mean, I'm, I'm slightly older than you. I'm, I was born in 75. So I've grown up with this as well. And I'm open to whatever they want to try with Star Wars, you know, whether it's new things back in the sort of old Republic or whether it's things right. like the Mandalorian, which I, I love, but I'm up for them trying some comedy stuff. They're doing it with Star Trek now. There's stuff coming out that they, they've they've got like an animated Star Trek series, which is a comedy. So I don't see... And oh. you, you were there first with, uh, with Detours and... Given that it's the Robot Chicken guys behind it, their stuff is hilarious. The They've done Robot Chicken Star Wars specials, which are some of the funniest things out there. So, you know, I'd love to see what they were actually going to do with this. Well, I, I hope that you, you get a chance to see it. I, I think there's maybe more of a chance now that the trilogy, the Skywalker trilogy, you know, saga yeah. has ended. Yeah. I don't have any hope that it's going to come out, but I, I do hope someday they'll they'll change their mind. But it, currently, I, I feel like... Yeah. I don't have more 
information than you do about that though at this point like i yeah. you know the, i worked on it in i think 2010 11 maybe right. 2012 somewhere around there so i, I it's been a while since yeah since we did it it's obviously sat in vaults somewhere at disney and hopefully it'll come out at some point you know it's fun and it, it's also got it's a good cartoon it's it's not as sort of like grown up as the robot chicken stuff it's a little right. more it's a yeah. little more bit for kids i certainly not not entirely for kids it's also a little bit for grown-ups so it's kind of strikes that balance and it also has some fun we'll give it away but it has just some fun parts that aren't necessarily about comedy as much that are maybe a little bit but they're just kind of weird and kind of the way that cartoons can be just different you yeah. know sometimes because the, the world is i don't know why the cartoons always have the license to go a little further than than live action things and and uh, and it, it, yeah so it has some great great moments i I really enjoyed working on it. It was hilarious because it was super intimidating to think about trying to write anything like John Williams mm. um, or to even kind of approach that at first. And I got into it and it just came so easy to me because obviously I just know that world so <laughs> yeah. well that once I started working, I was like, oh, OK, as difficult as it is to write this music, it also once you get into it, it just kind of flows and it's really fun, you yeah. know, because you kind of know how to do it. And um, I had a blast working on it. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Now the Skywalker saga is finished. Maybe they'll be a little bit more relaxed about some of this stuff. That would be nice. I mean, you had the Family Guy once as well, which still has my favorite Star Wars music gang in it where they they're on Tatooine and the stormtroopers I think accidentally kill John Williams and he comes out and goes oh no now we're going to have to finish this with Danny Elfman and it has for camera pans around and it's Danny no. Elfman's no. it's just hilarious oh, it's one of, one of my favourite I have no gang. idea yeah the, those, I have those, to check that out I don't know those family guy ones are, are just the funniest uh, I they were brilliant <laughs> I mean Seth MacFarlane is, is a genius when it comes to that and he, he, they're obviously all done with love as well they're well worth checking out the Family Guy ones I will have to check that I've not heard that one yes no it's very good we've been on nearly half an hour so I I will let you get back to your day couple of final questions for you the first one is what TV shows are you watching at the moment I just completely ripped through the fourth season is it of Last Kingdom on Netflix yes do you uh, like that one it's one that it's on my list of things that I need to go and watch but everybody tells me it's really good so I'm, I'm pretty into that one and then also, I'm just all on the period pieces. I've been trying to check out Frontier as well on Netflix. Yes. So that one. And then I just was checking it. We have a show over here called Evil. It's on CBS. Yeah, we haven't had was, that uh, yet. Yeah. Well, I've been checking that one out. And then uh, that's a pretty good list. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good list. No, that's that's good. <laughs> yeah. Evil's one of those ones that hopefully will make it over here at some point, but uh, it hasn't yet. It's it's weird. We get some things, but everything. So uh, hopefully that will make its way over here. And lastly, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, can be something historical from the past, something present, or some sort of future genre thing, not something you've already worked on, which show would it be? Wow, wow, wow. What would that be? You know, what came to mind first would be Lost, but I don't know if I would really want to try to re write the music for Lost. Yeah. Did you have Lost over there? Yes, yes, we had Lost. That's um, what came to my mind first. I don't know. That's a good pick, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you've worked on a show that had a plane crash in it. I mean, <laughs> it's getting slightly towards it. Uh, that's true. 
That's true. So, you know, uh, not quite as weird and no smoke monsters, but, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, the smoke monsters. Then the polar bears and all the rest of it. Yes, and polar Goodness. bears and all other sort of weird, strange things. There's a show out on um, an NBC show called Manifest, which is out at the moment, which we've been describing as budget lost. It's quite good fun and it's thoroughly watchable, but it, and it has quite a lot of those kind of lost elements to it as that sort of big mystery and it involved a plane of people disappearing and then turning up again but uh, not quite got the gravitas that Lost had to it but he's still quite good fun I'm going to check it out I didn't know I've heard of that one but I, I haven't checked it out so I will I will check it out it's not got kind of the weight that Lost had to it but it's uh, still quite a good fun watchable show so yeah worth checking out that's awesome get I that. shall let you go and get back to your day but thank you for coming on and chatting it's been lovely and uh, hopefully you can come on again at some point whenever the next thing comes out for you. Absolutely, David. Yeah, thank you. It's really fun. I will talk to you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.